Father, indeed, we worship you because of who you are. We thank you, Father, so much that is by your righteousness that you have granted to us, to those that believe in your son that whom you have sent to be the salvation and the ransom for many. Father, it's not our righteousness. It is not our own holiness. It is nothing of us that we can bring to you. All we bring are empty hands and the gift of faith that you have granted to us that comes to us by the foolishness of preaching of this gospel that saves and rescues and delivers. And Father, we thank you today that you are still the God that's in the delivering business, that you're in the rescuing business, that you're in the salvation business, that you're in the business of saving sinners. That's why you've come. That's why you sent your son into this world was to save sinners. And Father, we pray here tonight that as your spirit hovers over the city of Fairfield and over this place here, that we are about to open up your word. Father, we pray by your grace that you would continue to save, that you would continue to open the eyes of the blind, those who are spiritually in darkness. You are the only one, Father. You are the only one by the power of your spirit that can open the eyes of the spiritually blind. And Father, we pray here tonight as the old hymn says, don't pass us by. But that you would stop by here tonight and that you would continue your salvation business and saving souls for your sake. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Thank you for all those who are visiting with us here tonight. Um, it is a good time to be here at Urban Hope. We truly believe that the Lord is he is moving. He is doing what God has always has done, which is save souls. And he's doing it here in Fairfield. People are, are amazed as what is going on at Urban Hope, that God would smile upon a little Urban Hope church plant within the PCA. Well, I think God, God likes challenges. He likes it when people say what he can't do. That's when he likes to step in and show everybody else who he really is, that he is Jehovah Shalom, that he is Jehovah Jireh, that he is Jehovah God, and there's nothing that he cannot do. He's all powerful. But with that, I want to have you stand with us tonight. We're going to continue on in our sermon series called God's Message to the Whole World. And we're here in the book of Romans, chapter five, and I'm going to do my best in trying to preach this with passion and with truth and with the help of the Holy Spirit. Let's read. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin in this way, death spread to all people because all sinned. In fact, sin was in the world before the law, but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over to those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a type of the coming one. 
But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by one man's trespass the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment resulted in condemnation, but from many trespasses came the gift resulting in justification. Since by one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also through one man's disobedience, the many will be made righteous. The law came alone to multiply the trespass. But where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of God. You may be seated. We are calling this sermon series from Romans, God's message to the whole world. Romans was written in such a way that it addresses the very depths of the human heart and human existence. It speaks to the decisions and the destiny of all people, Jew and Gentile. No one is left out. Whether they be rich, poor, middle class, educated, undereducated, Chinese, African, European, black, white, Native American, oppressed and the oppressor, slave or free, male or female, God's word from Romans speaks to us. And we have been discussing from chapter five, Apostle Paul has been explaining to us the benefits of justification. Just for clarity, justification is God through faith granting us, declaring us righteous in his presence through what we believe. We believe in Jesus, his son of God, that he sent into the world to take on sin for us, who became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So justification is where God declares you and I righteous because of faith that we believe in the story of the gospel. And Paul has been telling us the benefits that we have from this justification. We have peace and reconciliation with God. And because we have been saved from the wrath of God. I know it's not preached in many of our churches that the God who is a wrathful God, because we don't like that God. But the God of the Bible is a God. Wrath is being revealed from heaven to all the world. Is here now, and there's a greater wrath that is to come. That wrath is coming. But the, for those who believe in Jesus, that wrath 
passes us by. Even on the night when the death angel came through Egypt and when he didn't see the blood on the post, there was death everywhere. So we have peace and reconciliation with God, Paul says. Paul says we also have as one of the benefits we have obtained an access to God and we stand in the grace of God. Meaning if you are a believer here tonight, you stand in the grace of God. You have access to the throne room of God. Paul says later on in this chapter, early on, chapter five, that we are assured of hope of the glory of God, meaning the promise of glorification that one day we're going to take off this old body. And the pastor heart is not going to be limping. My beard won't be gray. At least I hope. <laughs> you know, I've tried. I've learned the hard way. You know, a few weeks ago it was dark, but now it's back to gray again because I've been trying to use this just for men. And God has helped me understand I'm 53 and I need to be 53. And so I tried to put just for men in my beard. And I'm telling you, I learned it the hard way. Man, I was itching like a drunk man. <laughs> Couldn't sleep. Scratching, having Sandra do all kind of stuff to my face. I thank God for Allison Chad's wife because she, she knows about the dermatologist. Man, she saved me. Thank you, Allison. I'm going to give you a gift card for that because I have been using that Celsius Blue. <laughs> but one day in the new heavens and the new earth, I won't have a gray beard. I'll be like Michael Jordan, still be able to dunk again. So I have a glorified body. Paul says we have the hope of the glory of God. The promise of the glorification, because we know that this hope will not disappoint us, no matter the afflictions and the sufferings that we endure on this side, knowing that that suffering, that endurance, it produces within us, as we spoke on a few weeks ago, character that is good for us. But in this section of chapter five today, this evening, it is one of the greatest theological sections in the whole entire Bible. Why? Apostle Paul drops a heavy amount of condensed summarization of the lostness of man, saying to the whole world what we all have in common, no matter our ethnic heritage, no matter the amount of money we have in our 401k retirement accounts, whether we eat healthy or unhealthy, this one thing all human beings have in common, whether they know it or understand it. And so here I have in my notes, gonna have some fun. I want to do some apologia thinking in this point of the sermon. This Greek word apologia is the word that we get from our English word, apologetics, which means to defend or to give reply to an answer. Apologetics simply means the defense of the Christian faith. According to the world population clock, there are approximately 7.8 billion people living on the earth right now. It's a lot of people. And according to Lifeway, facts and trends on the internet, there are 2.5 billion Christians in the world right now. 
which means three, 5.3 billion people probably couldn't answer these questions that I'm about to put before us all, just for fun, theological provocation, provoking, getting you to think with me. So here are the questions. Now here's the trick question that you cannot do. So if you have your phone or your Bible in your lap, just for, for fun, you cannot, with all of these questions that I'm about to put in front of you, you cannot use the Bible as your source. You cannot use the Bible, young people. You can't say so-and-so, Paul, Peter, James, John, Moses, any of the Bible patriarchs, whoever, prophets. You cannot use them. You cannot have the Bible as your source. You cannot use the Bible. But here's the questions. Here they are. So what is sin? Can't use the Bible. What is sin? Can't use the word of God. Anything less than the bullseye. <laughs> That's too close to the word of God. <laughs> All right, second question. Why does it exist? This thing called sin. What is death? Can't use the word of God. How do you explain it? Why does it exist, this thing called death? Why do people get sick, suffer, do evil to each other, can't use the word of God? The Bible is off limits. Is there such a thing as evil, right or wrong, bad or good, justice or injustice? can't use the word of God. Who was the first human to ever exist upon the earth? Can't use the word of God. How you answer it? What was his name? Can't use the word of God. Why do we sin? And why do all people die? Why is it that if your grandmother is gone to the other side, why did she die? You've lost family members. Why did Kobe Bryant die? Can't use the word of God. I have um, our elders that are in training here at Urban Hope. We have a provisional session, but we would not always have a provisional session in the PCA, which means that other churches within the Presbytery is providing teaching elders for us in order for, until we raise up our own elders. And I have them reading this book right here called Hope of the Nations. It's called Standing Strong in a Post-Truth, Post-Christian World. Well, what does that mean? I mean, post meaning past. We used to be a, what some would say, had a, a Christian, strong Christian ethos nation, but we are 
we are losing that pretty rapidly. It's going away. And so the premise of this book and some of the guys that say, well, you got to read a couple of chapters, but they're reading ahead because it's probably the best book I read in 2018. I read a lot of books. But I've, if I say to you, if you're a leader and you're a person who who really likes to understand what is happening, I would say read this book. Get it to your staff. Get it to your church member. Get it to your elders. If you are not discipling or doing evangelism, I'm pretty sure after you read this book, you would have your pastor, your teaching elder at your church stop in the middle of his sermon series and say, look, we need to do evangelism and discipleship series because this book will scare you into it. Well, this book is making the premise that in 2025, that's only five years from now. Children raised in a fully post-truth society is positioned to take the hymn as the most dominant group here in America, here in the West. Post-truth, post-Christian, meaning they have grown up in a world where those questions that I ask you, they would not be able to answer them. The news gets even worse. The research is out now. So if you're a millennial and younger than the millennial generation, the research is out that the majority of professing Christian millennials believe that evangelism is wrong. They don't even believe that if a person, 5.3 billion people on the planet who hold to a worldview other than the Christian worldview, because all of those questions that I, that I ask you guys, the Christian worldview answers them completely. But what if you're not a Christian? What if you don't hold to the Bible? Then how will you explain sickness and death? How would you? be able to explain it. But remember, our sermon series here is called God's message to the whole world. Because God's message to the whole world, it answers all of these questions and much more. It explains our groanings and our many sorrows that we have in this life of a vapor. And so we drive into our text. And so there are five things from our text from verse one. I mean, chapter verse 12, actually, there are five things that I want to bring to your attention just from verse 12. That I believe God's message to the whole world from here in the book of Romans answers the questions that I put before all of you guys. First one. Paul says in verse 12 that it was through one man. Well, let me put the scripture back up there. I want to read it. Here we go. Therefore, just as sin, the Greek word there is hamartia, sin entered the world. Paul says, therefore, just as sin Sin is the first thing that I want you to see. It, it was sin, Paul says. It was sin. The Greek word there is hamartia. 
this um, New City Catechism that we use here, it defines sin as this. Sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created, rebelling against him by living without reference to him, not being or doing what he requires in his law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of all creation. Brothers and sisters, sin is this destructive force or power that destroys everything good. It destroys our most cherished relationships. You wonder why it, it's just so hard to make a good relationship. It's like when you're trying to do the right, and it's just like this, this, I have here in my notes, like sin is like gravity. It's this constant tug that pulls us down to the surface of the earth. It's this destructive power that's always pulling at us. You're just on the internet, young man in your 20s, trying to think right, live right, and it's just like, Something in the room on your phone just want to take your fingers and just type in. Mm. No, I don't want to go there. It's just, mm. Put in the P and the O and the R and the N. And it's no, I don't want to do that. Pastor Hart is going to bring it up. But there's this force that's always working against us. You're married and want to be faithful. The devil's always saying, look, see. See her? See him? This force that's always pulling us to the negativity. Paul says sin. This force of gravity. Second thing Paul says in this text of verse 12, that sin entered the world. The Greek word there is cosmos. So what does that mean? Cosmos meaning the universe as ordered structure. Basically meaning it's in you and I neighborhood. This thing called sin. Why? Because it's in us. And I will explain that even more as we go on. Third thing here in this text it says, Paul says, sin entered the world. What's wrong with the world? Sin entered the world, cosmos, into our neighborhoods. It's in your house. It's in our homes. It's in our jobs. It's in our hearts. This thing called sin, our world, cosmos, into our universe. Paul says it came through one man. This thing called sin. What's his name? The Bible says his name is, his name is Adam. Well, who is he? He was the first human being that God made and put in a garden. We in the reformed world say that Adam was our federal headship. I would explain that more as we go on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with that tonight. But in order to understand federal headship, it really will help us understand the same righteousness that God has imputed to us that comes to us from Jesus 
work of atonement. So Paul is, is, is helping us understand something about the first Adam. He's our headship, federal headship, which means a person who represents or stands in for something. He was the first human to exist upon the earth. Adam was our representative of the human race. Here in my notes, I put he was the first ambassador representing all humanity. Let's keep going on. So we got Adam. We know who he is. So if you go to work tomorrow, and I would advise you to do this, just to see, show you how right I am. This is why we have to do discipleship and evangelism. I would dare you to ask all those you work with, say, why do people die? And I promise you, you will probably not get any of this. We're living in a post-truth world. But Paul says, sin entered the world, cosmos, through one man, Adam, the first human being. And then what happened? And then death, the Greek word thanatos, death came through this thing called sin. Death came. Thanatos. There are two forms of death that the Bible speaks of. Physical death, which is separation of the body from the soul. And then spiritual death is separation of the human soul from God. Death is separation. Death is abnormal. This is why we weep. This is why we cry. This is why we sorrow and we mourn, because death is abnormal to the humans. It was not what God intended, but God says through one man, sin came, but death came through sin. Thanatos, this thing that brings separation, separation from the soul, from the body, and from the soul, from God. And then they ended here, which is the clincher. Just one verse. And Paul says, in this, death through sin came. And he says, in this way, death spread to all people because of sin. Now, here's where the Western individualistic mindset fights this. Because I know when I was in church, you know, preachers just preach to sound good, but they don't explain stuff. Because I remember hearing, well, I didn't do it. If I was in the garden, I would have obeyed God. That's what I used to say. <laughs> like, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> that was not my parents. They didn't, they didn't do anything. You know, we didn't do that. So why is God punishing me for what he did? Why is it that I'm suffering? You ever ask that question? Why, why, why is it that? I hear preachers say, well, it's because of Adam's sin, we're all in trouble. How is that making the sense? He's like, well, I didn't do it. I didn't disobey God in the garden. 
I didn't eat from the tree of knowledge good and evil. Why is that? that because of him, death spreads to all people. And Paul says because of that, because all sin. This is back to that federal headship. Adam was our representative. We were all there. We were all just as guilty as he was. And this is what I'm going to say. So you say, well, Pastor, how is that connects to me? And us here in 2020, here in Fairfield. Because of what, what one man did so many, many years ago. We're in this mess. We're in this constant chaos. Well, verse um, 13 says something that's vitally important. I'm not going to preach on it. I'm just going to mention it because of the statement that I'm about to make. Verse 13 says, in fact, sin was in the world before the law. In Romans 3.20, Paul says that the law, the knowledge of sin comes through the law. Romans 3.20. And Paul says, in fact, sin was in the world before the law. He's talking about the law of Moses, Mount Sinai, when God gave the Ten Commandments, when God gave the law. But Paul says sin was in the world before the law. And we know that the law comes, the law tells us what sin is. Adultery, stealing, lying, sexual immor immoralness, murder, idolatry, whatever. Lying, coveting your neighbor's wife, lust, whatever. The law shows us what sin is, but Paul says, but sin was in the world before the law came because we know the law was written on our hearts. But what was happening before the law came? This is how you know what Paul is saying. Death spread to all people because all sin. Because before the law came, people were dying. Before the law was even given, gave at Mount Sinai to Moses, people were dying. Because Paul, God told Adam, the day you eat up that tree is the day you surely you will die. And since that time, as Kobe Bryant did a few weeks ago, human beings have been dying. And so will you and I, if God tarries on in this world. Death will surely come knocking. There are two things in this world that you cannot avoid, taxes and death. Now the homeless people may not have to pay taxes. They can be homeless. But one thing for sure, they was, no one would escape that appointment. You can try to cancel it on your Google calendar, Google can't cancel it for you. You can say, Google, I don't want to die on that day. <laughs> Google will say, well, I can't stop that. You can go on your, your iPhone and say, uh, what's the iPhone, what's the thing y'all call Siri? Siri, can you take away the day where I was supposed to die? And Siri will probably tell you back, I can't do anything with that. Death. <laughs> Somebody just did that. <laughs> See, 
Siri is listening. So is Google. Hopefully they'll get saved when they hear the sermon. Because Google one day got to go before God. None of us would avoid that day. So Paul says death has been happening before the law came. Because why? Death spread to all people. And this is what Paul is trying to make the point about the federal headship of Adam. Because we were all there. And because of that, we've always been dying. Well, you may say, Pastor Hardy, well, your man still kind of convinced. You know, some of them dudes need to die, especially those in Genesis chapter six. They needed to die. They were bad people. You know, we, we, we kind of like, well, bad people should die. Guys like Adolf Hitler and Mussolini and people like that. We, they should die. But have you ever asked the question? And you need to kind of put on your apologia, apologetic hat. And understanding the universality of death that came through Adam in the reality that infants, the most innocent of innocents, they die. Why is it that babies get cancer, tumors? They die. Why? Or better yet, even get aborted by the millions. Paul is trying to say, we're all there, every human. And death spreads to all people because Adam was our federal covenant headship representative. We all die. Children. And what Paul is saying, death spreads to all people. I'm going to close here. But without really understanding this fact of the questions that I ask, what is sin? Why do we die? You got to grapple with those questions. Because without those questions really understanding, you don't really understand the gospel. This new creation. This thing that we get called justification, Jesus' righteousness. Because what Paul is going to try to do, Paul is going to help us understand in that first Adam, we all got condemnation. We're all dying. We see it. We suffer. We're going blind. A hearing is going out. We're suffering. Why is this stuff happening? Why is it that we get sick? Why do we got to wear a mask on our face calling the coronavirus? What's happening in our world? Where did this come from? How come I just can't keep shaking your hands all the time? How come I got to kind of give a fist bump every now and then? Where is that coming from? This is why I said when you take the Bible away, how do you answer these questions? Go on the Internet and put in people in Google the origins of death and see what you come up with. You will see. I was going to bring some up and put it. I said, man, I'm not going to even waste my time. You're going to see some of the craziest myths and ideologies that are out there in the world trying to explain why it is that you and I die. And guess what is left out of the equation? Sin. The very thing Jesus came to eradicate in our hearts. 
Why we can't get along? I never forget a long time ago, Rodney King. Some of y'all weren't even born yet. And he was, the guy had got beat up by the L.A. cops. And he was just all in front of the media. He kept saying, why can't we all get along? Because Rodney King didn't understand this thing called sin. This thing called the, 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 this, this, this tug, this, this gravity that Adam, when he sinned, this disobedience that he allowed, this, this power, this force that's, that's working in us. That's causing us to do what we do, to hate each other because of the color of our skin and everything else. It's called sin. But Paul says, God has done something about that sin. He didn't leave us helpless. He didn't leave us as orphans. He didn't leave us to fight it by ourselves. But he sent his son. As we go on in this next week, and Paul explains throughout the rest of Romans here, this second Adam, this type of who's come to give us what we need, to help us to be what we can't be on our own, to help us to, 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 to have this, this hope. Because without Jesus, I don't know how people get up in the morning. I don't know how they face all of eternity without understanding Jesus. I don't, I just sometimes, I don't know how people do it. And I tell you guys, this is a time to just be basic and be thorough. Just ask people, why do we die? Why do we get sick? Why, why, where's this stuff coming from? Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, because of one man's sin entered the world, this harmartia, this, this power, this force, it came to this one man, this one man who disobeyed God. He, he was our federal headship, our covenant representative of all the humanity and the race. We all fail. Those of you who are having newborn babies, you already can see it. You don't have to teach sin. They just get up. Jack, where you get it from? How, how you learn that? He just got it. He just know it. It's just in there. It's just in, in our hearts. No one has to teach you how to lie. No one has to teach you how to steal. No one has to teach you how to, how to just misuse your body. We just, it's just something in the atmosphere that, that we just know how to do it when the times are comes. We just know it. When you say you want to help people come to understand. Now, in a world we live in, they'll say, nah, they'll fight you on that. Then ask them, so why the babies get sick? They didn't do anything. They're innocent. That's what we say. They're innocent. But yet they die. So as we continue on in this, may the grace of God through Jesus Christ abound all the more, helping us to know why it is that we were singing the way that Karen and was singing. Lord, you are everything. We lift your name on high. Lord, we worship you. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're Jehovah Nissi. God, you're Jehovah Shalom. You are peace. And Father, you are that and more. You sent your son into this world to save us from the ravages of death the carnage of sin and decay that's working in this world. Lord, help us to hear 
and see with our eyes wide open that we can't self-help our way out of this. It's not the right kind of food that we can eat, that we can hold death off. That we can avoid it. You've sent us the great remedy. You've sent us the great ark. Jesus is that ark. And Lord, you are, through your spirit, you are calling, crying out to the world from the cross, saying, come here and receive this righteousness that comes by the work and the atonement, sacrifice that I have given for the world. That's the love, Father, that you gave the world. That you would sing a perfect lamb, spotless, without blemish. No sin, no guile, no evil. He never disobeyed you. You and the Father and the Son have been in perfect harmony for all eternity. But in order for us to be rescued, in order for us to be saved from this thing called death, this thing called death, this, this Thanatos that separates us from our bodies and us from you. But Jesus, you came to reconcile, to become that peace for us, for you are the Prince of Peace. We need you, Jesus. You came to reconcile us back to the Father so that we could stand and have access to the grace of him. And then we can begin to have that hope in the glory of God that we would be what we were called to be when you first made us. Because you made us for yourselves. You made us for you. But sin has marred us. It has scarred us. It has caused us to dislike each other because of different pigmentations. Jesus, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit, empower us to be able to see the true hope of the glory of God that we will be what we were made to be when you first made us in your image and in your true likeness. We need you, Lord. We need you here in Fairfield. Lord, there are so many that are marred, scarred, Lord, by the ravages of sin, broken down, can't see who you've made them to be. So they're living beneath all of the precious promises and the privileges that you have given to us in Jesus Christ. But Lord, help us to be, become discipleship makers, Lord. Help us just to explain the very, seems like innocent details. Why do we even die? Lord, I, I, went a, I was a, living a long time before I really understood that. We heard a lot of sermons, a lot of preaching, but it didn't hit. It didn't make sense. It didn't, no one took the time to just to ask the basic questions. Why did grandma die? 
Why did my friend get killed? Where does murder come from? Where do all of these things come from? Lord, we now know. Why is it that we fight with our wives and our children? Sin. So Holy Spirit, help us. Empower us to live above this gravity that tries to pull us. And I pray that when we get to Romans chapter 7 and we see that though we want to do good, we find ourselves doing evil, but in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. And we come to understand that there is no more condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. And that through the power of the Holy Spirit that you have given to us in the church, that you give us the ability and you give us the power, Lord God, to say no to sin and to say yes to righteousness, to say yes to your will and to say yes to your word. Father, that's what we need. And that's what we want. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your grace tonight. Thank you for those who have come to be a part of the church universally. We know it's here through Urban Hope, but Lord, we know that it's a, it's a bigger story than Urban Hope. And Father, we pray that you would empower them, that we as a church would come alongside of them and to keep discipling them, that they would grow and be strengthened in their faith, Lord God. And that one day, and Father, we pray that as they leave here tonight, that they would begin to tell their friends, that they're beginning to tell their neighbors, that they're beginning to tell their family members that there's a Jesus, that there's a Savior, that there's a rescuer, that there's a God who loves them and who is calling out to them to come into the ark of safety where they will find rest for their weary souls. Empower us, Jesus, to be this. Lord, so many people are dying. Just reminded this week, God, everyone's celebrating about Kobe. And these NBA players are lost. They're sinning and they're strip clubbing. Lord, they have no idea the, how death is near to them. And no one is around them helping them to see that the things that they're doing, that your wrath is abiding on them. And they're believing that they're okay. They understand not what death is and the severity of it. Father, raise up true gospel preachers and teachers in this hour to proclaim the truthness of your word in a world that's quickly in America becoming post-truth. Because many say, I don't know why I should tell them about what I believe. Because I don't want to offend them. I don't want to hurt them. Lord, help us to get over that. Help us to see, Lord, that this is part of what you've told us to do, to go and make disciples. That is not that you just you didn't just say that because you had nothing else to say. You said that because you wanted us to do that. So empower us to do it. Sing your holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Whew. Brother Quez, come and dismiss us with a word. You guys can stand to your feet as Brother Quez give a quick prayer. Thank you for all those that are visiting with us tonight. Uh, please bow your heads with me. Uh, dear Father God, we come in your holy, worthy name. Just thank you, Lord, for PA's words, Lord God, uh, so prophetic, um, so necessary for us to hear in this time. 
in the United States, so I got uh, in Alabama, so I got um, 